listener production. Jump into the warm friendship bath. That is Matt and Alex's all-day breakfast. Only if you bring your rubber ducky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what hello. It do, Thank you for listening. Show day. Hang on, what, what's going on, Matt? Those are the lyrics to Usher's Yeah. I thought it was, and I said, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, I'm just getting to the spirit of things. Aren't you excited that Usher's going to be the headliner for the 2024 Super Bowl? Usher, look, he's got a bit of a back catalogue, does the Ush. Um, so I don't I don't mind Usher going in there, but I, I never liked like his confessions ones. You that didn't like good. that? What about the nah. U-turn? Did you ever do the U-turn? No. Nah. Oh, gee. Well, what are, you're not going to enjoy it at all. I well, reckon, DJ's I reckon... got me falling in love. I don't mind. I did a <laughs> dance to that one with Pitbull. Do you reckon Pitbull will jump out at the, um, the Super Bowl? Well, I mean, whenever it's an artist like Usher, I don't, I mean, look, no offense to Usher. It's just... You know they they usually do need to beef it up a little bit. So there's gonna be there's gonna be a few, you know. I mean that's Little John was yeah yeah yeah. So maybe Little John will be joining it. Mm. Um, you got a bad love that song. So I don't know. It'll be it'll be very interesting to see you know how Usher rises to the occasion. Who would be your ideal Super Bowl act? Mike Skinner from the streets, <laughs> <laughs> just sitting there in front of millions of people going geezers need excitement. <laughs> Man, Americans would be so mad. That would go off. Um, but I would love it, absolutely love it. So, anyways, well, congrats. To Usher. And I do, I do look forward to the Super Bowl. We're 24 hours out. Usher will cancel, and they'll call up the Hilltop Woods to perform <laughs> uh, in front of in front of the screaming crowds. Which I'm very excited uh, for that one. But thank you very much for joining us today. We have got a big show for you. Should we jump into the, this on-demand breakfast show, mate? Okay. Oh, let's do it. Hey. Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Hope you're having a good one. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Matt O'Kine, have you ever put vegetable oil in your coffee? Uh, not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, sometimes that oil splash and sometimes that coffee is near the pot. Um, why? What's going on? Who's putting well, oil in their coffee? A little while ago, I realized that um, creamer, what uh, people in North America put in their coffees is actually vegetable oil and corn syrup and uh, various additives, including uh, like a few evaporated milk solid solids, right? And I was like, oh my God, that is disgusting. <laughs> like yeah. imagine, you know, you keep the oil next to your like stovetop and you just pour a little bit in to you know, start cooking. I suppose like, yeah, you eat it anyway, but I just couldn't imagine pouring some of that in my coffee. What, what's got you thinking about creamer, man? Well, I saw on TikTok a gentleman from Canada, Josiah Hine was absolutely baffled on an Australian flight when he got offered milk to put in his coffee. He's like, could I have some creamer? And they're like, what the hell is that? Um, and he's like, what you got, what are you putting in there? There's like some milk. And so he, he Something says- Something that actually resembles cream. You yeah. Know? Like milk is pretty close to cream. He's saying to his audience, so they are literally just adding milk to their coffees, <laughs> which I know we've got some mind blown coming up today. I wouldn't say uh, adding milk to your coffee is a mind blowing fact, but it's certainly blown Josiah's mind. But well, um, it I comes at the, the, sorry, it comes at a timely, you know, day in history, Alex Dyson. This is the last day of the World Coffee Conference that's happening in Belarus. So people are thinking about this particular bean, and I got re- reading a little article about the first 
the way it was discovered, actually. Wait, coffee um, was discovered? Yeah, the coffee plant was discovered in the forests of Ethiopia in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, a farmer in Ethiopia took his goats to a forest to graze. The mm. farmer noticed that some of the goats were behaving strangely after eating the fruit of a particular <laughs> plant. The farmer also tasted that fruit and felt invigorated. Oh, man. So there you go. That's how you it know, happens. You know what I'm just imagining right now? If um, famous friend of All Day Breakfast, the uh, the the Jamaican the goat goat, 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 goat had, <laughs> had overdosed on caffeine. I mean, I wonder what that would sound like. I wonder about that too. Shame I'll never hear it. All right. What 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 have you what have you been thinking about, guys? Well, I've been thinking, like, do you do you judge people by their coffee order, Matt? I have got a slightly um embarrassing coffee order. I am not against ordering a soy flat white three quarters full with half a sugar. Oh jeez Louise. Oh boy. <laughs> Sometimes I'll imagine, do. Look. Imagine taking your coffee orders, and Matt, Matt O'Kai tells you that. Well, I, you know, I realized how bad it was because Belinda would just not order for me if I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, can you just get me this, please?" And she'd be like, "What are you? What are you having?" And I'm like, "Just a three quarters," and she'd just be like, "Nope, no, nope. you're on your own, champ." Because I think out there there are some red flag coffee orders that we've got to be aware of. So Matt, you and I've you know had to think about it, and these are our top four. Red flag coffee orders. Um, just got to be wary of people who do this. All right? Play some music. Away we go. Mm. These are the top four red flag coffee orders. If you hear someone order a coffee like this, just just be wary of them. Okay? Matt O'Kine, going from four to one, what have you got? Red flag coffee orders. Any coffee order that's bigger than a large. <laughs> All right? You don't need a jumbo. Mm. I don't want it served in a bowl. We don't need the two-liter flagoon of yeah, coffee. Yeah, it's, like, it's like they're playing um, wizard staff, like with beers. You're lifting up a full pole. Yeah, of you don't coffee. need the stein of the steinachino. <laughs> um, number four for me is anything with two or more sugars. All right. Once you're getting mm. into that territory, just grab your, your dare iced coffee or your farmer's union. You <laughs> let the people have already had them. You don't need someone doing these teaspoon refills. All right. Just be wary of anyone getting into that territory. Number three for me, no syrups. I mean, I'm the same. I mean, that's what you, that's your gateway into the coffee. <laughs> what? You're a syrup man? I'd, you know the only time? I get caramel lattes when I'm in oh South Korea. Oh, my God. When I'm in South Korea and South Korea only. <laughs> you, get a, you get a caramel latte. That's yeah. your gateway, you know, into the coffee world. That's what I got when I was getting my first coffee to make it palatable. Right. Uh, once after that, you're onto the hard stuff. Well, for me, don't mind a syrup, but number three, turmeric or matcha lattes. Okay, if you start adding this powdered turmeric or matcha, like the powdered green tea in the... I don't want, I don't want traffic-like colours in my coffee. All right, we're sticking with brown. We're sticking with brown only. We're not going to be going down this, this road. It is, it's, not a, it's a yellow and a green and a red flag. Number two for me, um, anyone that combines one type of coffee with a cappuccino. Okay? What do you mean? A muggachino, a frappuccino. Uh-oh. A mochaccino. No... Have you ever seen a, a human do a, a puppuccino? <laughs> a That's what? a red flag, a human ordering a puppuccino. <laughs> What's a puppuccino? It's a it's a ca- coffee for dogs. 
Oh, a puppy Chino. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that is a... Yeah, no. Red um, flag. For me, um, number two, red flag, three-quarter anything, three-quarter coffee. Asking people for a quarter less of it. And you're you're guilty of this, Matt O'Connor. I you am. Are, you I are am a walking so red guilty flag. of it. I, <laughs> I'm in for the... I mean, you can go a low tide, just a an eight-tenths um, yeah. fill, you know, I don't, a four-fifths. You know, you you wouldn't go into the you know the service station back in the day. Just fill her up to three quarters, please. Uh, no, we're filling the tank. All right, when we're having a coffee, we're filling the tank. Red flag number one for me: instant coffee. I'm sorry, it, it's it's just what? got it. We're we're we are past that in our lives. Okay, there's better ways to make coffee at home, bro. Cost of living crisis, and you're saying red flag? Just don't instant have it. Coffee. Just don't have it. Oh man! All righty, la di da. <laughs> sure, don't don't comparing, associate with us peasants, Matt. Oh, sorry, that's a red. Being in, poor is a red flag. Comparing now. instant coffee, calling instant coffee coffee is like calling spaghetti in a can spaghetti. All right. <laughs> you wouldn't go right. come over to my house for a, for some yummy spaghetti and then whip the can open, would you? Mm. No. Number one red flag for me: long black. All right, we can't be doing it because That's, not only are you using That's the only way to drink a coffee. No, we've we've moved on. We've become better. Okay, we've evolved. It's, we're not using the old computers that we used to use back in the day. <laughs> we're in the future, and if you're getting two takeaway cups because it's too hot on your hands and just ordering a log <laughs> black, all right. We're the two cups down, every time. <laughs> if you want a bit of dirt in your water, just head down the local pond, okay, and just <laughs> scrape it out yourself. All right. We need we need some frothing. If your coffee ain't frothing, okay, you should not be having one. I reckon if anyone at the World Coffee Conference was listening to us right now, <laughs> they would be furious, spitting their beans all over the place. But it's unlucky for them because those are the official rankings. So they're just going to have to deal with it. Put that in your latte and sip it. Smat and Alex all day breakfast. Hope you're having a good one. And now it's time for... Yes, that's right. This is the segment in which I attempt to blow your, Alex Dyson, mind uh, with a fact that I've learned uh, along the way of my days each week. So <laughs> that's it. Um, You're gonna do your best. My mind is not very flammable, Matt. Yeah, I know you can be a bit, a bit of a stickler. You really want incendiary. You know, you do want the best. You want the best of the best. And uh, I thought I might have had it with a little bit of banknote factage that came out of a story. Did you see this story about a rare ten thousand dollar banknote selling $10, for seven hundred? Banknote. Yeah. So in, okay. So in America, this is something I didn't realize. Up until nineteen sixty nine. They they had ten thousand dollar bills in circulation. What that they'd made in the Great Depression, right? I know, like you, you could actually pay ten... with a ten thousand dollar bill. They go to the used car lot and go, here it is, one. Yeah, and leave one with note. a hell of a lot of change. Like you wouldn't want to buy a pack of gum with that. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, I'm going to change the ten thousand dollar note. <laughs> so I thought that 10K. would be it, but um, but no, I've actually become obsessed with chess. So in the last week, mm. I've started playing a lot of chess, and I and it's been consuming me. I've been on the chess app, and online facing off to strangers, um, mm. yeah, from all parts of the globe. 
And um, like real thought, humans, or are you going up against the supercomputers? No, yeah, I'm going against Deep Blue, <laughs> me and Deep Blue up against it. No, I'm going up against um, other people like me. Um, I have no idea who they are. They could be 90 year olds. They could be children. Um, mm. Most are beating me. But anyways, <laughs> I thought I'd look at a few. Either way, fa- I'm worse than them all. <laughs> no, I thought I'd, I thought I would look at a few facts about chess. Here we go. The longest chess game ever was in Belgrade, 1989, went for 20 hours, ended in 269 moves. It was a draw. So that's... Is that that's two people way. just playing defense the entire time? I mean, I was I was going to say that that's a terrible way to spend 20 hours, but then I remembered cricket goes for five days and can still be a draw. So 20 hours seems like a walk in the park. Um, there are more possible games of chess, like, you know, possible results in chess than there are electrons in the known universe. What? So the different the amount of different ways that a chess game can play out from start to any number of ways it can finish, mm. more possible outcomes than there are electrons in the known universe. There's like a lot of electrons in me. I know. <laughs> Aren't there? Not enough. Not as many moves. But how about this? The queen used to be called, in some languages, the prime minister, okay? Or similarly, <laughs> the furs. The, All right. The furs. They're the furs. It's like a different name, basically. It's like a councillor or prime minister. I don't know why they would do that because, you know, the queen has the most moves you can do on a chessboard where most prime ministers are useless. <laughs> well, it's funny <laughs> you say that because when it was called the prime minister or the furs, um, it was only allowed to move diagonally one mm. square. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> or they could bring out the president, like the American president, where they're only allowed to move to the right. <laughs> Is that like a politically Political, leaning yeah. sort of? Political, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> the queen, okay, so the queen used to be called the prime minister, but then, cop this, it only used to be able to move one square diagonally, okay? Just one, diagonally. Like a Couldn't pawn. Move, yeah, basically, but only diagonally, mm. right? So like a bad bishop, it could just move one <laughs> square diagonally. Either way or one way? In any way it wanted, okay? But it could only move one square. <laughs> they call it so the bad then, bishop. It is believed that the queen only became powerful, right, after the Spanish queen Isabella showed some serious dominance in the Reconquista of Spain, right? The Reconquista. Do you know what that is? Okay, Christian, Spanish, Christian kingdoms overthrowing the Muslim kingdoms in Spain that had taken over centuries beforehand and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, there was a powerful So the queen queen. of Spain made a bunch of moves and they said, we've got to update this chess set. Exactly. So Mm. suddenly they're like, you know what? Queen's the most powerful player on the board now. And now the queen can go anywhere in any direction as long as it wants. That's so weird. I thought that was pretty interesting. The AFL um, changes rules and interpretations of rules like all the time. I just imagine it'd be a lot tougher to just get everyone to agree. It's like, all right, guys, we're changing the rules of chess. There would be outrage. <laughs> exactly. Well, now the queen are, can this... move anywhere. Like what? Uh, yeah. What sort of stupid game is that? The queen's the why you call it the queen? It's the prime minister, and it's a useless <laughs> position, useless piece. Yep. Um. Anyways, I thought that was pretty interesting about a game that we all know and some of us love. Well, Matt, I'm giving you a mild groan. Oh, what? Uh, mild. Mild. Grown. Um, nah. Soz, mate. You just don't care about chess at the moment. Well, it's just like different rules for chess over the years. It's not blowing my mind. I mean, you're talking about a historic game that's lasted like since the, you know, 
third century and stuff. That's an interesting fact. That blows my mind. All right. No. All right. Whatever. <laughs> we do like getting your mind blown as well. Record yourself reading them out to us via a voice note. Uh, chuck it through on our Instagram, matt.n.alex, and you'll be able to uh, jump on here and blow everybody's minds. This week's mind blown comes from Ed. You know how AFL shirts, like the sleeveless shirts, are either called Guernseys or jerseys, and there's like a bit of conjecture as to which one's the right one. Well, back in the day in the UK, when they were making shirts for soccer teams, they used to get the material to make the shirts from sheep that were bred on two islands, which are off the coast of the UK, one called Guernsey and the other one called Jersey. So that's where the conjecture comes in. Hopefully that's a mind blown and not a mild groan. Thanks, guys. Mind blown. Hello? So depending on where the wool for your jersey or Guernsey came from, it depends on the island from which the sheep were born and raised. I am gobsmacked. So if it was made from like sheep that were on Norfolk Island, you'd be wearing a Norfolk. Yeah, or you could be wearing, yeah, don your Tasmanias and let's go. <laughs> yeah. I've got grass stains on my Tasmania. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Matt, I was in my bedroom the other day and I put my index finger in the Venetian blinds and I pulled it down like an FBI spy looking out the window and I saw a moving truck beeping backwards into the little condo next door and it was true. Out of the car behind it was someone moving into the Triple J retirement village next to me and it is none other <laughs> than the incredible Mr. Michael Hing who joins <laughs> us right now. G'day, Hing. G'day, Matt. G'day, Alex. How's things? It's nice to be joining you in the retirement village. You did a bloody Dan Andrews before Dan Andrews. We were saying yesterday he retired and you called on air on your Triple J Drive, drive program with Hobber, Lewis Hobber, that uh, you're, you're pulling up stumps through the mm. middle of a year. Yeah, yeah. About a month ago, we, we called quits on things. Uh, and then obviously we're lucky. We're trying to just join you guys in the lucrative world now of commercial podcasting. If... Um, <laughs> Kyle and Jackie O are listening, or uh, I don't know, <laughs> Abby Chatfield wants to give us a job. I'm sure Kyle and Jackie O are shivering in their boots right now, knowing there's some extra players in the game. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. A lot of the rumours that they're going to be doing a national breakfast show, but they're, they're only putting those out there because they know that Hobber and Hing are going nationwide now. Triple oh, J's yeah. dropped the ball, and oh, yeah. now you've got two of the most eligible radio bachelors ready to wake up wake up the entire nation. Why would you need them, Kyle and Jackie O? they got nothing on you, Hing. <laughs> yeah. Now, which one of you has a bigger penis? That kind of sort of content they do. <laughs> that is the sort of content they do. Damn. And I've got to tell you, I can see why it works. Uh, <laughs> I'm already glued to this podcast. I want Look to know the, the answer. Scoreboard. This is worth $200 million. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, but Hing, I mean, how have you found life not having to go into the station every afternoon? What have you been filling your time oh with? Oh, my goodness. My life's been falling apart. I am, I mean, sorry, my life is so good. But the structure of my life is falling apart. I imagine you guys felt the same when you left breakfast radio. You've just got a little bit more spare time to do things around the house. Like um, 
I'm repotting some plants. Yeah, it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of structure in that. It was quite, you know, bouncy and I got to stay in bed. That was the, the, you know. You could could actually sleep, but you're potting plants, (laughs) did you say? Yeah, I'm repotting some plants. I went to my dad's place to to help him repot some plants. And he was like, you know what, just take them. Just get them out of my house. I can't deal with them. Oh, no. You meant to do pot at Triple J here, not afterwards. You meant to grow (laughs) up, mate. (laughs) No, no, no. So what what plants have you been getting into? What's getting you hot? One that's called a fruit salad tree, which has a bunch of different fruits in it. Well, 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 are you reading Dr. Zeus? That sounds like a magical (laughs) tree that doesn't exist. Yeah, I don't know. I actually haven't hasn't. it hasn't fruited yet, so I don't know if it's, like, real or legit or just a name. <laughs> I mean, you've got to be careful because, I mean, you're in an apartment, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, the problem with the problem with these indoor plants, I'm a, I, I prefer fake plants, but my partner, because she's much smarter and cares you about... You prefer fake plants? Oh, they're just easier because you don't have to water them. Yeah, but they don't do anything, Matt. They're fake plants. The whole point of plants is, like, oxygen <laughs> and, like... The... I know, but... No, I prefer to ruin the environment by making <laughs> pretend plants. Okay, because then then I go to have a shower and I go to open the shower door and there's a pot plant in the shower. I'm like, oh, well, the options why are... am I going to share my shower with a pot plant? Sure, but you could put pot plants in places that aren't the shower. Like, you know, they don't <laughs> well, have to go in the shower, Matt. Well, no, she puts them in the shower to water them, right? Which, granted, again... Mm. Belle's doing all the hard work here and I'm doing nothing except complain. But Why you know, would Mohammed go to the mountain when the mountain can go to <laughs> Mohammed? Bring, bring, bring the mountain <laughs> Why take water to the pots when you could bring the pot to water? <laughs> um, but Hing, I guess, I guess retiring, I mean, all bets are off. We're now going to get the completely unauthorised biography um, of your time at Triple J. What are some things you couldn't say once oh you were in the building that you can now unleash on the world? Hot damn. Actually, I do have a pretty good story. I don't know if... I don't know, um, if, I wasn't planning on telling this, but it's a pretty good story. This is a scoop. I'm getting nervous. All right. In 2020, when COVID was kicking off, right? Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. this is fully true. Uh, Lewis Hobber and I, I just started the drive show. COVID was kicking off. Lewis Hobber and I got called into the ABC boardroom with uh, our old boss and your old boss, Ollie Wards, right? Mm-hmm. And he told us that if things got really serious with COVID, they were going to start shutting down a lot of radio stations, right, across the country and the ABC. But the ABC it looked at the ratings and looked at the cost, and it worked out that Triple J had the biggest audience and was the cheapest to run. And so Triple J was going to be the final radio station on air during the pandemic. <laughs> to go offline. <laughs> Everything's going in. You've got the barren wasteland out there, yeah. and in yeah. the background is just Hobber and Hing. <laughs> it's fully Mad Max, like total Mad Max, and the only people broadcasting are me and Lewis Hobber. You know, it's just, and you guys know, it's like, you got to do talk back. So it's going to be just like, oh, four, three, nine, seven, five, seven, triple five. Have the marauders invaded your safe zone, you know? <laughs> How about that? Oh, it's wow. good to know that the contingencies didn't uh, come to pass, but no, uh, look, no, Austra- a lot of Australians did turn to you over the years, uh, Mr. Hing, as, the, as they do when it comes to comedy, because it's been cool, you know, being in Melbourne uh, during the Melbourne International Comedy Festival and mm. seeing uh, Michael Hing come and perform. How are you, how are you enjoying being on, on stage and doing all that sort of stuff? I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I, I performed a, a couple of times at, um, at, at your venue, Comedy Republic. I, I would say one of the best, if not the best uh, room in the country. I love doing it. I chose there. did been there a couple of months ago. And uh, yeah, I've got this new special that's just coming out on Channel 10 this, uh, in fact, tonight, tomorrow night, tonight, tonight. Uh, <laughs> tonight, Thursday, 
the famous hing attention to detail. <laughs> Thursday, 28th of September, whenever you happen to be listening to this, but 2023. Yes. And it's called Love Living the Hing. Long Live the Hing. And actually, Matt, it involves you a little bit. <gasps> well, okay, because you actually did, you did, you know, message me a while back and say, hey, can you be part of the recording? And I, yeah. unfortunately, I couldn't do it. No, you weren't but there, what, but what? So the, the plan was I was going to shit talk you on stage and then you were going to get up and walk out and it'd be a funny moment in the special. But then you couldn't fly in or couldn't be there on the filming night. So I just said I had to sort of shit talk you behind your back. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't you didn't think to maybe just get rid of that bit of the show. No, it's just it's pretty integral to the show, Matt. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were right. glad to be of service, Hing. Thank so, you. you were- Ladies and excellent. We've got someone coming on to tell them about their special tonight, Channel 10, 8.30. This is the first time we've got to have someone on to say, all right, if you want to hear someone shit court talk Matt O'Kine on national television, you can tune in this evening, Michael oh, Higg at 8.30 no. on Channel 10. Because, Matt, you would remember this. Uh, the, so, so the show is about me trying to propose to my girlfriend, my long, long-term girlfriend, Hamara Mubbard, uh, um, who you've, you've both met. And um, the, the place I wanted to do it was Splendor the Grass, and it happened to be last year, Matt. And um, and uh, look, I, w- I won't give away the, the the exact nature of the shit talk, but basically, I found myself interacting with you in a in a pretty unbelievable way at a pretty um, unpredictable time because the festival was really going to shit. And in many ways, you saved the festival portions of the festival, Matt. But at the same time, you I would say um, hampered my ability to propose. <laughs> <laughs> well, did, okay, you get in between did... love, Matt. It, well, I mean. Uh, maybe some absolute, you know, fire bars did. Yes, I, I was called upon to save Splendor um, as, you know, that we got washed out. All the acts were cancelled. I was pretty much the only musical act up there, Boilermakers, um, you know, sent to save Christmas. And um, here I was thinking that I was doing, you know, the world a service. Meanwhile, the man who had hired me was cursing me out the whole time because apparently I was hindering his ability to propose to his girlfriend. Well, sorry, man. Hindering his tindering. Oh, it sounds like you, Matt O'Kine. Unbelievable. I remember, can I just say, here's, I can remember that final night. Okay, I don't want to spoil it because I do know when you did finally propose. But that final night when I think it was the Strokes were playing, was it the hmm. Strokes or Glass Animals or strokes, someone? It was the Strokes, yeah. Oh, my God. I remember looking out. Me and Belinda were there. We were all, like, big groups of us. You know, people are interacting in the crowd. And I was looking at you. You were hanging off to the side like such a weirdo. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, why is Hing being so weird? Like, I remember literally looking at you. I remember your knee was, like, jittering or something. And you were, like, you kept, like, looking across at, like, because I think me and Belle were talking to Harmon. You were, like, kept looking at us and stuff. And I'm like, bro, is... Is Hing getting jealous or something? Why is Hing so paranoid about us talking to Hum? <laughs> Do you think we're going to, like, try yeah. and pick her up or something? Like, I don't know you what got, the you hell. Guys, I saw, you guys are like, I saw you across the festival and we dig your vibe, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're there going, oh, no, man. Oh, they no. keep talking to her. I was like, this is so weird from Hing. And now I know that you were just shitting yourself because you hadn't. You've had a ring burning a hole in your pocket. Yeah. Well, that was incredible yeah, stuff. Yeah. I cannot wait to see the full story for Hing's, Michael Hing's special, Long Live the Hing, this evening, Channel 10 at 8.30, or I guess you can catch up whenever you need to on their little streaming service there, Michael. Oh, I think it's called 10 Play. I don't know. <laughs> we love you, Hing. Congrats on a great run at Triple J, and uh, good luck for everything that's to come. 
Thanks, mate. Well, thank you very much for joining another Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. We hope you've had a fantastic Thursday. We will be back here, same time, same place, tomorrow to wrap out the week. But until then, keep in touch with us at matt.and.alex on Instagram. Cheers for tuning in. We'll catch you later. Bye-bye. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex.